Let's Be Real podcast, the podcast where we're not afraid to have difficult conversations and we like to keep it real. I'm joined today by, you know, an OG, someone yeah. that I, you know, Loki look up to, uh, a you. staple in the community. And I'm really humbled and honored that you made the time to come out here, dude. So oh, thank you. Thank you, Chef Alejandro in the house. Thank you. Thank you for Shout out Curbside Bistro. There you go. If y'all never been, if you don't know. You, you need to go. You now you know. Yeah, there you, you go. don't know, now you know. I'm going to put this up on you. All right. I feel like I'm about to drop a mixtape. You are, bro. <laughs> the curbside mystery. There you go. There you go. All right. So we were getting acquainted, and I was asking the chef, you know, where he was born and raised. He's from OD, right? Yes, sir. Born and raised. Southside. Yeah. Southside the realist. Until yes, you die. That's it. There you go, man. <laughs> Southside the realist. So you've been cooking for about 10 years now, right? Yeah. Professionally, about 10 years. Uh, before that, maybe two or three years. What made you get into culinary Cook. arts? Man, it's the craziest thing. It's uh, barbecue. For Bar- barbecue got me into cooking. That's why every every time people talk about like uh, that they smoke briskets or pork or anything like that, man, I get excited. I'm like, that's that's what got me uh, introduced into the whole culinary world, you know? Okay. Because <clears throat> ten years ago, there was no like instructions like on YouTube or. Pinterest or all these recipes, like you just type in any type of recipe and you get like hundreds of recipes now. Yeah. yeah, Now. So back then I didn't know you can make your own barbecue sauce. I didn't know you can make your own seasonings, your rubs. And then like the, the difference between mesquite, pecan, apple, peach, all these woods that you can mix with and the burning temperatures and one burns hotter and faster. One's burns uh, slower and lower. And so you can mix the type of woods and not like, man, it just blew my mind and I just dove right into it. And then, that's what kind of like gave me the little bug of yo cooking is fun it's awesome because i was cooking but i was doing it after i got out of work and so like i would have like pulled pork butts ready like at three in the morning four in the morning because i didn't yeah. where were you I, working at uh i was uh, working at oldfield jobs and oh, stuff like fun. that man yeah and then so um i didn't know how to time anything i didn't know how long anything could i'd be pulling ribs out like at two in the morning waking up yeah. my, my wife uh and my brother, I'm like, yo, take out these ribs that go on super juicy, you know? But don't I, I didn't talk about the chicken back then because it was that was bad. Oh man, dude. Salmonella, bro. Or was, oh, salmonella, <laughs> and the outside was burnt and crispy, and the inside was raw and juicy. You know what oh, I mean? So man. it took me forever, man. But yeah, I started from from not knowing anything, not knowing how to hold a knife or uh, any of the the beef cuts or any anything, man. Really. So. That's crazy how you got started. So it wasn't like from when you were little that you were like, oh, dude, I always like cooking. No, man, no. It's crazy because uh, when whenever I do like interviews or uh, like when I was doing the one for the Food Network and stuff like that, uh, you see other people's interviews and uh, casting tapes and stuff like that. And it's like, since I was little, my grandma from Italy came over and we made fresh pasta and we cooked. Right, she right. put me on my lap and everybody gets that grandma res- uh, that grandma story of when I was like knee high, my grandma showed me how to make biscuits and this, this, and this. And nothing like that, right? I didn't want to see the kitchen. I was never into cooking. I was like, I don't have any of my mom's That's old insane, recipes, bro. you know what I mean? So. It, 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 I kind of feel like an outcast in that even when I went to culinary school, when I was in culinary school, I was uh, 24 years old. And so I had like these 18 year olds that come when I started out uh, high school, 19 year olds. And my passion is cooking since I was 15, since I was 13 and this, this and this. I'm like, dude, I just I was just smoking pork butts a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it, it's it's definitely been been crazy. And the reason I say it's crazy is because 
Your food is good, bro. Like, oh, all bullshit aside. And people you. know this. You've been voted number one in the basin several yeah, times. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate and, it. And uh, the fact that you didn't have, like, a calling for it, I guess. I yeah. mean, low-key, you didn't have a calling. You just yeah. weren't drawn to it at an early age. Yeah. I, I think I kind of um, displaced that the, the lack of years of, of cooking with once I decided that's what I wanted to do. Like, when I was going to go to culinary school, I told my wife, you know what? G- give me one year of culinary school and working in the kitchen and and getting into this whole you know chef life and, and cooking food and everything let me just dedicate my whole life to that I said we're not gonna have any money i'm i'm you know I'm, I'm gonna get the most basic job i can in the kitchen world and this this and this I don't, I don't know how we're gonna make it we're gonna struggle and she was working too she, she was a, um, a, a hairstylist she would cut hair and she was awesome at color perms and <laughs> shout out Steph. You're hearing this, Stephanie. Um, she was awesome. And we she hasn't done hair in years, and people still like oh, yeah, hit her up for to to color and do all this stuff. So um she was amazing at what she cool. she did, and that was her passion. But so I did I uh just did one year, man. That's all I did. I bought all my cooking books, whatever I could. I just wanted to be in the kitchen 24-7. I just studied. And in uh, college, whenever I went to classes, I would stay for other classes. I would stay around working in the kitchen. I'd be like, hey, uh, chef, I have this recipe I really want to try out or it's not coming out. Do you mind if, you know, I stay a little bit later? Yeah, yeah, get together. So, man, for that one year, I was just a beast in the kitchen doing everything. I could, practicing knife cuts. I would cut onions, potato, whatever it was. I wouldn't even use a vegetable peeler. I would just use my knife because I wanted to get better. So after that one year, I'm like, no, nah, this is this is what I'm going to do. And I just dove head first and. Damn. Haven't looked back, man. And it's you started. It wasn't something that was given to you. You kind of uh, sounds weird. Cussing, You started like um, the whole food when before it got big. The food truck thing. So talk to me about that. How did yeah. that come about? Was yeah. That- so the the whole food thing. The, the food truck is is a big old craze now. You know, everybody's trying to get in it uh, for whatever reasons they have. But whenever we started seeing it, uh, we really saw it taking off in Austin. So we we would go to Austin. We had some friends that lived in Austin. So we would go there uh, at least once a month to go visit. And you'd go to these food truck parks. Every, yeah. yeah. And then I was seeing these food truck parks and I was like, man, this is all. And they were cooking the food they wanted to cook. Like uh, this place only sells donuts or this place only sells crepes or cupcakes or wh- whatever it was. Shout out to the OG food trucks in Austin. And I was like, man, these guys are, are doing what they love to do cooking the food they want to cook because one of the biggest restraints is when you're cooking at a restaurant you're like a sous chef or a line cook or or anything else like that you're cooking the head chef or the restaurant owner or the establishment you're cooking what they want you to cook if if they say the sky's blue or they say the sky's red it's red you know so you don't really get to show off like your your culinary uh, ideas or or i want to try a different recipe i want to do this this or that or it's so it's very limited. Zero creativity. Yeah, so I, I got to a point where at the at the country club where I started coming up with my creativity. I started making my own menus. I started coming up with new dishes, and you know, uh, little by little, like we would do uh, wine dinners, and so I would write some of the menu. Uh, we would have specials every week, so I would make like a sandwich special and a dinner special, and I was making pastas and sauces, and I was just creating all different types of crazy stuff outside of the normal, which was crazy because let's say that morning. We had a chicken fried steak buffet for like 80 people. And then like right after that, I'm like uh, doing like this really fancy sauce and cutting tenderloins and, Dang. you know, lobsters and all this. So it was like bouncing Big back contrast. and forth. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was bouncing back and forth where doing the stuff you have to do, you know, your work. And then 
uh, doing like a kid's party for 100 people when you're over there. The thing was crazy. We had to cut dinosaur shaped sandwiches one time. And I'm like, and I'm back there like, I'm like, dude, I'm a, I want to be the best chef I can. I want to do all this stuff. I'm reading French cookbooks and doing all this stuff and translating them. And I'm oh, over here with a, with, with a dinosaur cookie cutter, man, making peanut butter jelly sandwiches, you know? So it, it was, it was always that uh, lack of creativity and that drive that pushed me forward. Gotcha. Yes, sir. Dang, dude, that's insane. Uh, so I pride myself on being one of the OGs that went into yes, the, yeah. you know, I, when you were on Dixie next to the water, that yes, water dispensary yes. place. And I w- we were talking about it. I told him, like, people have a preconceived idea or negative connotations when yeah. it comes to food trucks that it's not clean. Yeah. And I'm one that doesn't – I don't really go to, to food trucks, dude. Yeah. I don't know why. When I saw that there, it was really close to where I was living at the time. I went. got You had the sliders and you had the fries. Yeah. And we got it and it was good, bro. And then every, <laughs> the word just started to spread, right? Yeah, yeah, man. It was – it, it was a crazy uphill battle because we were one of the first ones. I think yeah. we were the third or fourth food truck in Odessa inside the city limits. And uh, we, were, we weren't cooking nothing traditional. We weren't cooking barbecue or, or Mexican food, which. Yeah, uh, people you know, are used to yeah, yeah, burritos. So, like, or, or, or burritos or, or anything like that. So even when we were coming up with the food truck idea, uh, I would tell some of my family and friends, you know, I'm opening up a food truck. And they're like, okay, that's awesome. What's it going to be called? El Barrientos or El, you know, or what kind of burritos are you going to sell? What kind of tacos are you going to sell? And I was like, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to sell any of that stuff. I'm going to sell, you know, burgers and fries and like burgers. And they're like, yeah, but they're going to be gourmet and they're going to have like my twist on them. And and this is, this is, and they're like, well, how much are they going to cost? You know, and they're like, you're going to sell burgers and fries. I said roughly around 10, $11, somewhere around there. And the biggest thing was, why would you buy a ten dollar burger from you with fries, and when you can go get like a nine nine cent burger and fries from somewhere else? Yeah, some, McDonald's yeah, at McDonald's or one of those big places. So they're like, man, you kind of send yourself up for failure. But I was like, nah, the, the need and want is there, and I, I knew what we were bringing to the table was very very unique, you know. And then with the food trucks, there was that stigma of them being unclean, mm-hmm. of well, where where they you know refrigerate the meat or this is or where they wash their hands and all that. But the food truck has everything a commercial kitchen has. It's all just condensed. It's it's a smaller. That's why you see food truck run out of food or that they're limited hours. And so again, that's when when we designed a food truck, I painted it white. We painted it all white. Me and my wife out there with a roller painting white just to represent cleanliness and oh. straight lines and everything else like that. So when you saw it, the logo's black and white. And it was straightforward. It was nothing kind of like no flash, no flash, no nothing. You saw it, and it just looked clean, crisp, and 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 mm-hmm. and, and you know, like you could read it right out the, the back. I still have people say hey, every time I see like a, a pig logo or anything like that, I think of curbside bistro. So, so that's why we threw a pig on there, man. Oh, really? yeah. So yeah. the name curbside bistro doesn't have no like meaning. Oh, or oh just... yeah, yeah, uh, most definitely. So again, it, it goes back to that preconceived notion of you're going to sell Mexican food or barbecue or something else like that, or name it after yourself or, or, or something along those lines. And I was like, no, nah, it has to have meaning. It has to have something that represents me because if I'm going to be out there representing it, you know, uh, to the fullest, I want it to mean something to me. So bistro is French and it means like a small little restaurant uh, way back then. I'm talking about way, way back in, in the past before there was restaurants. Um, mm-hmm. Like, let's say your wife was a really good cook. And in your household, you could probably sit like six or eight people. So your wife would cook a big batch of food, whatever it was. But it'd just be like, we're going to do chicken, chicken, potatoes, and vegetables. And she'd cook enough chicken, potato, vegetables. And you'd open up your house as a restaurant. 
And so guests would come into your house and your dinner table and they would eat what your wife cooked. So there was no menu. It was like a, a prefix menu. This is what you have to eat. And so that's, that, a bistro. That, that's a bistro. That, bistros were always small uh, neighborhood joints. They're small neighborhood joints, nothing flashy, uh, but like really, really good home cooked meals like your mom or your wife would, would make. And so I'm like, all right. So I wanted to incorporate the bistro in there. It's a small, it's a food truck. It's a really small food truck. I'm not going to have a huge menu. And I'm like, well, we're going to be in, in the food truck. We're going to be in the streets, curbside. I'm like, curbside bistro. I said, that fits perfect. And so that's what we represented. And, and now at the restaurant, that's why you see all the graffiti, uh, oh. all the graffiti everywhere. Because when I was driving through the streets and we we're driving to different locations, you'd see the graffiti. You see all that everywhere where we park next to the curb. You see graffiti and stuff like that. So I want to incorporate the elements of the outdoors and the alleys and the streets all inside of it. And also... Uh, I grew up listening to hip hop and rap and you know all that stuff. So I like the biggie. I like some of the artwork you got in there. Yeah. It's pretty who did that by the way? Uh it's, it's several people, man. We have we oh, have a local okay. artist out of, out of Midland. Um he he did amazing work, man. It, it's Midland Artworks. Uh and they're on Facebook. You can you can check them out. And they did a lot of our work. And then Deco Uno from Juarez, he came down and he did a lot of the graffiti work too. So how'd you meet these guys just randomly? Uh, Jerry, the, the guy from Midland Artworks, he actually did the graffiti on the building on 10th Street. Uh, I, I, when we had the food truck on, on uh, the corner of uh, Grant and 10th, yes, the, the yeah. Texas flag and the, all the oil oh, and all the, the Texas logos, he actually did that way before I got it. So it was just a coincidence that I linked back up with him and he's like, yeah, man, I actually did the artwork at your old building. And I was like, that's awesome, dude. And so he did a bunch of the graffiti work inside. And then Deco um what's crazy is me and my wife like to travel we, we like to get inspiration from everywhere you know and then one time we we're driving through el paso and i see a coffee shop and it has this sick mural huge beautiful man it was huge colorful and i was like what and they, well, we're driving off the highway uh, we, we pull over i take a picture and then it had uh his instagram handle on it and i hit him up through instagram i'm like hey you know we have a restaurant in odessa texas we would love for you to come out here and he thought it was a scam at first, you know, because he's like, why would somebody from Odessa want me to come yeah. out? And then he was in, he was living in Juarez at that time. Oh, no, in Guanajuato. He was, Damn, that's far, dude. Yeah, he was living in Guanajuato at the time. He goes, well, I'll go back to Juarez every couple months. And he goes, I'll, I'll link back with you when, when I go back. And then uh, he was worried because he was like, hey, can you send half the deposit? But, you know, so I can make sure you're, right. you're serious. And then I was worried. I'm like, well, what if you try to scam me? Yeah. So you know, we, we both had to trust each other, man. <laughs> like, because he's driving like four hours away from El Paso, for five sure. hours from Juarez, sure. you know? And then what if he shows up here and there's nobody here or it's a scam or whatever? And then me too, I was like, well, what if I pay him, you know, X amount of dollars? And he doesn't show yeah, up. Yeah, he doesn't show up. Yeah. So it, it was kind of, we both had to, you know, so how make take a leap of faith. And, we just trusted each other, man. I, really? I said, you know what? I'm like, I had to, you know, I've done crazy things before, man. I'm like, I'm, I'm just trust him. And he, nah, he showed up and we, we have an amazing relationship. He, he's my friend. That's tight, dude. Yeah, and everything. And uh, he's come down several times and he's done other restaurant artworks. And uh, when he was doing a piece in Midland and he was staying at my house and uh, we were drinking one night and I told him, man, I want a Biggie mural. I want a Biggie mural. I want it. it was all a dream, and we started listening to Biggie yeah. and all that. Oh, yeah. And he goes, "Man, that's awesome!" And then he goes, well, I, "I gotta finish this piece in Midland." I'm like, "All right, cool." 
And then he called me and goes, hey, I'm outside your place. Uh, where you want this biggie at? And so it came like a total surprise. He, he kind of gave it to me as a gift. No so, shit. Yeah, yeah. So he did that biggie with the crown and everything. I was like, man, That's I, was, sick, bro. I was super, super touched. So it was awesome, man. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out to all the artists, bro. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And it comes from that uh, building relationships and trusting and and, and, and reaching, supporting small business, yeah, dude. Yeah. And, and reaching out because all that came from reaching out from uh, a text or Instagram. You know, like, hey, man, I love your artwork. I'll love to get some at my restaurant. So that turned into the artwork we have right now. Heck, yeah. And now the Anthony Bourdain piece, I guess that's because you love traveling, right? Yeah, the, the Anthony Bourdain, that piece actually came. Uh, it's a husband and wife team. I, I can't remember the name of top, top of my, my head, but it's a husband and wife team, and they're from San Angelo. And the way I found them out was through Facebook. They were selling a, a door, either a door or a piece of wall that had like Marilyn Monroe and it was like the, the actual portrait of Marilyn Monroe, but it was done like a comic strip, you know, those oh, big right. dots, you, you know, the, those dots, like the, it's, it's a whole bunch of dots comic, with pixels. Yeah. yeah, like like a comic strip. And I was blown away. I was like, dude, that is freaking amazing. That's awesome. And so I, I messaged him like crazy on Facebook. And then I told him, yo, I want Anthony Bourdain. I want Anthony Bourdain on there. And then I want that quote. And it, it just res- resonated so much with me. Uh, when I was first going into culinary school, I started reading his book, That Kitchen Confidential. And so it has a lot of terms and terminology of of kitchen that I didn't know nothing about. So mm-hmm. like I kind of understood it, like I kind of got a grasp of it. But once I actually started working in the kitchen, it started making a whole lot more sense to me of, you know, uh, the cuts of beef or the dishes he was talking about. So I've read it like two or three times already. And every time I read it more and more and more, it, I started understanding it. And uh, he came through a bunch of addiction he he went through uh he was still a fry cook he was he was working at a restaurant i think he was already 40 years old before he got his big break and with the book and the travel and all that stuff so i always looked up to like i'm like man he he small. did it at a at a small at, at, at a at a high age you know when everybody thinks like oh you have to be 18 or 20 or whatever he was 40 man so i was like man if he can do it we can do it you know if he, if he could start building up his rep and doing all the things he's done in travel i mean so can we and so he's always been one of the biggest inspirations, man. I remember when we met a while back, and I'm sure people are curious. Um, I don't know if you remember we met one time at the uh, Marriott. Marriott. Yeah, the, for the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Yes. Yeah. And I asked you, like, what's your, who's your inspiration as a chef? I yeah. thought Gordon Ramsay, everyone knows that. Yeah, yeah. Right? But well, it was actually, go ahead. Uh, Anthony Bourdain was one of the inspirations, not, not so much as a chef, because he, he he was a good chef and everything, but once his life started as in traveling and everything else, he kind of put that life behind side. it to the right. side. And then he even says it himself: he um, cooking is a young man's game. And if you don't cook mm. every single day, because you're lifting, you're moving, you're bending, you're cutting, you're sautéing, you're it, it's very very demanding. And so if, if you take a, a long period of break from that. And try to come back your body is going to be you know you, you start losing the skill it's it's a skill at, at basically at the end of the day and so he would say i i couldn't make it back in a professional kitchen or anything else like that but he was a huge inspiration of something that you could inspire to of, of doing of or what this culinary world can uh transform you into so he, he was a drug addict and uh he had a bunch of problems and everything else but he devoted his time and all his energy into the culinary world into the kitchen and that's where he found like um, be early, be on time, uh, be punctual, cooking right, and everything else like that. So he took a lot of the stuff that you have to learn while cooking in a professional kitchen, and he applied it to his life. 
and it transformed his life. And then he became a book writer and he started doing all these travel shows and everything else like that. So I was like, man, that, that is awesome. What this restaurant world, it can provide you with all these extra opportunities. So that, that's, that was one big, big influence, man. Mm. But I say in the cooking world, um, that there's a couple local guys, um, a chef from uh, Dallas, uh, Chef Tim Love, um, Roy Choi. You ever heard of Roy Choi from? Uh, yeah, from that LA? sounds familiar. But uh, uh, from LA, he he opened up Koji. He opened up a food truck. He, oh, he's, that's he's, right. That's he's right. the OG food truck gangster man. That dude is is amazing. And he's done so many restaurants, and he's done a restaurant concepts so where like he he opened one up uh, a restaurant in the hood in Watts, and. It was like low income housing and then it was uh, gang violence and all this stuff around it. And so he opened his restaurant and he was going to sell nothing but organic food. And uh, like he was going to he was going to try to compete with like fast food chains. And then he only hired people that lived in like a 10 mile radius from that location. That's cool. So he, he he's always been uh, community, ca- driven. community driven and a forerunner of now we can make it better. We, we can change. This, this has been a static quote for so long, but we can we can change it. So he, he's been one of the big ones I look up to, man, too. So speaking about community and, you know, changing the status quo, this is not a shot towards any businesses. I own a business. So as a business owner, you're very involved in the community, dude. Like, talk to me. How did you get involved in the community? Why did you get involved in the community? Um, I, I guess this goes back to when I was first starting off and everything else. Uh, before I decided, you know what, I'm, I'm going to be a chef. There wasn't that many chefs, if there was, to speak of in our community. Like you, you, you can sure. you can name one restaurant, and right. it's still even hard to name a restaurant there is that a- has. Hey, that, I know that chef, so, or that, that chef went to my school and and, and uh, did a demo for kids, or uh, he donated for a backpack drive, or did this, this, and this, you know. And it was such a stigma to want to be in, in the culinary industry and want to be a chef. So mm-hmm. I remember when I, t- I told my mom, I'm like, yo, I, I think I'm going to go to culinary school. And she goes, what's that? And what's that for? I'm like, oh, I'm going to be a chef. She goes, you can study to be a chef. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, it's one way of doing it. You know, instead of just working your way up, I'm like, yeah, that's one way. And then she, uh, a lot of my family and friends were like, why you want to be a chef? I'm like, that's great. I'm like, uh, McDonald's don't have chefs. And so it was, there was a stigma against that, but also, when I was going into it, I asked for help from other chefs, from people I could find. And there was just a small handful of chefs. Uh, one chef that actually took me under the wings and I went to go work for him. Um, but there wasn't that huge support system or you didn't see them. You, you didn't know nothing about them. They weren't in the, in, in the community or anything else like that. So whenever right. I started actually cooking, um, I saw the need for like, let's say they were doing a food drive or they were doing... Uh, back to school or something like that. I was like, hey, well, why don't we go out there and offer free hamburgers or free hot dogs? Or why don't we, I mean, we're off Sunday, Monday. I'm like, why don't we devote our time to teaching kids something on a Sunday or on a Monday or whatever? And they're like, no, well, we got to get approved through uh, the the higher ups, the cities, you know, our organization doesn't really like that. If we take pictures or take interviews, it's usually the general manager or something else like that, or we got to get approval. And, you know, whenever like, um, disasters or, or something pops up it's it's right there and then like hey can you donate food or can you do this or that mm-hmm. uh so i was like man i, I always want to put myself in a position where i didn't have to ask for approval or i didn't have to ask for you know uh hey do you think i can uh give this hungry family a meal or if some a homeless guy comes up to the restaurant I'm, hold on let me let me go ask my manager if i can go 
you know, give you a meal without me getting in trouble. And so I always want to put us, put ourselves in that position. And for me, it was always like, why not? Why, why can't we, you know, uh, a couple gallons of soup cost you really nothing. You know, why, why can't you, um, De- devote your time and for non for profit or an organization that's act- actually out there helping the people. So I've, we've always been community minded. We've always been uh, willing to help because me and my wife, we started this from nothing. It's just me and my wife that started it. No investors, no mm-hmm. um, partners, no credit card debt, no, no debt, no loan, no nothing. And so we know how it is to go without seeing like uh, money in your bank account or hey how are we going to eat next week or how are we going to do it for gas or this this and that so we know the struggle all too well and now that we're we're in a position where we can give back or help out and you know it, it only seems the right thing to do that's awesome that's what what is one of the biggest and and i told you this earlier i'm like i uh, i applaud you for that bro being a, a business owner and a leader in the community, dude, is is, you, is a, there's there's only a few people that I can name off the top of my head, mm-hmm. and uh, you're one of them. Este, what you. is something that, what is one of the organizations that you enjoy helping? And I know you're gonna do a big showcase for them coming <laughs> up. Uh, the, the Crisis Center of West Texas, one of the big ones. We 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 help out and we we love to donate just because of what they do and who they do it for. You know, it's it's for battered women and children, and uh, people that suffer from domestic violence. And that's one of the big things around here. And that's one of the things we kind of sweep under the rug or don't like to talk about. And the other one is uh, the food bank, uh, the food bank of West Texas. And so whenever people think about the food bank, they think they kind of only service like the Midland, Midland Odessa area. But their area is huge, huge. Goes to Alpine, goes to Presidio. They oh, have mobile food pantry. Yeah, yeah. If, if you log on to their website, they have the map on Texas where it's at. And their area is huge. Huge, huge, huge. And shout out to the West Texas Food Bank. And that's everybody they help out. They have a mobile pantry. If you've ever been to their facilities, it's just crazy. It's just crazy how much food and, and everything they go through. And then for the summer, they have a program, uh, Food for Kids. And one of the biggest things that they, they kind of advocate is sometimes the only meal the kids get is when they go to school, you know, to breakfast and lunch. Right. So during the summer, you they know, don't have food. They, 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 don't, they, don't, they yeah. don't have that. And then that's an extra cost or burden to the parents, to the grandparents or whoever, you know, the, the legal guardian. And that's something you're not usually prepared for. Cause if you're used to not paying for breakfast or lunch for your kids, you know, for, uh, during the, the semester of school, whenever summer comes or Christmas break or whatever, you're like, Oh man, that's an extra cost. And sometimes you, you don't plan for it. So they actually started a program where they give out sack lunches for the kids for the weekend or for that week or whatever it is. And so they're just amazing, amazing organization. Man, I, I didn't. I didn't even know that. I knew that they helped out, and sometimes they set up on uh, Washington or what is that? That park? Is yeah, Woodson. They, yeah, well, they'll, they'll set up at Woodson. I know they set up on the north side at that. Uh, there's there's a church and there's a community center. So that big trailer that you, you're talking about, yes. where they set up, yeah, that's a mobile food pantry. Okay. So they have all these vegetables and, and dry goods and everything else, and that's cool that they go to these locations because a lot of times the help is there, but you can't get a ride or you can't make it a working time or anything else. So they're actually putting that um, work and effort into coming to the people that actually really need it. So talk to me about the the event that you got going on. It's Saturday, right? Yeah, it's this Saturday at 630 uh, at the Marriott downtown. And it is, I don't know how I got roped into it. 
<laughs> I know we were talking about that earlier. Dude. Yeah, man, it, it, it's crazy. It's for a good cause. It's a huge fundraiser. It's dancing with the West Texas Stars, which I don't consider myself a star at all or celebrity. Okay, bro. Okay. No, no, man. <laughs> I just, I just love to cook. And um, my my dance partner uh, Kelsey, she's been uh, amazing, and she's the actual owner of the dance studio at JK Dance Studio. So she is strict, man. She's like, yeah, she is no joke, man. She's like, all right, put your arm here, you know, all right, your foot, a one, two, three, four, one, two, three. It was like, so it's y'all are crazy. competing, right? It's a competition. Yeah, yeah it's a competition. So I, they have like best male uh, performer, male performer, female performer, best couple, or some other stuff. So they have subcategories. Whoa. So it's not just like, all just right, dancing, yeah, yeah, just go out there and do your little two step and you know, lean back or whatever. You yeah, know you what were I mean? like, I just want to be the tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be the teapot, you know. We'll do, or, or you know, we'll do we'll do some some easy. No, nah, man, this is and it's hard, man. I I went into it like I'm like, all right, cool, you know. Um, and it, this is gonna be it's not gonna be that hard, man. This, the first day I had practice, the second day I could barely walk, man. My legs were killing me, my knees, my joints, my hips, everything. I was super sore, man. It felt like I did leg day or something like that. I was. I can I was, imagine. I was super super sore, man. It was crazy. But it's it's hard work, man. We 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 put in some time into practice, and then it's just re- memorizing everything and all the steps, and then you go to the beat, and all right, you turn here, you dip here, and, and so it's 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 a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun as well. And I'm a competitive person, so it's perfect. Dude, all I think everyone in a position to lead is competitive. In yeah, yeah, you, you have to be, man. I'm very, I'm super competitive, man. It, even to like the smallest stuff, like I'll, I'll be in the, in the kitchen and. I'm gonna throw something in the trash can. I'll look at somebody whoever's nearby. I'm like, hey, sh- you think I can make this? We want to bet, you know. So I'm always betting something, man. It leads me into trouble sometimes, but it is what it's it is. It's all good. Yes, it keeps it fun and stuff. Yes, sir. So, um, your location here, uh, Andrews Highway. What's the address? Uh, 3816 Andrews Highway. Gotcha. Is that's the first actual restaurant location uh, for us? Yeah. yeah. Are y'all it, thinking about opening up a second place? Yeah, it's just. Um, before COVID, uh, we were looking at a location actually in Midland, and oh, we were like, that's, "Okay, awesome, that's yeah, yeah." And we we're looking at a location in Midland, and we talked to a realtor, and we we're like, "Okay, awesome." And we we're getting plans and everything else like that, and uh, and we were actually gonna move houses as well at the same time, and then um, uh, the shutdown started, and this, and then we, I, I think we were supposed to put like we were gonna sign the lease agreement on like a Wednesday or Thursday, and then. We uh we got the news on Tuesday that they're like, hey, restaurants are gonna shut down and this doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. restaurants are gonna be able to shut down and you're not gonna be able to open. And so there's a whole bunch of confusion. But like a week before that, uh, I'm on all these chef forums and chats and stuff like that. So I had some chef uh that I followed through like California and Seattle and and San Francisco and all that. And they're like, hey, we got shut down. We got shut down completely. Like no drive through, no to go orders, no nothing. And then I posted on there. I was like, hey, you know, I'm Texas, West Texas, blah, blah, blah. Uh, would you give me any advice? And they're like, man, if we got shut down, we're like Seattle and, and or Los Angeles and Texas. You guys are huge. I'm pretty sure some type of shutdown is going to happen to you guys, too. It's going to happen to everybody. So if you don't have like an online ordering system, if you don't have an app, if you don't have phone service, if you don't have a drive through, make a drive through. Because there's people, I think, in Arizona, like uh, the shopping centers. You know, oh yeah, they're inside. There's no drive-through, so they got creative and they're, they they like coned off two or three uh, parking spots and they use that as a drive-through. So you can just park in there. They they take your food out there and boom, you can go whatever. Hey. Or you you can go there order mm. 
and then go park at another another parking spot and wait for your order while they took it to you. So, man, these restaurateurs got creative, like Adapt crazy. And survive. Adapt. You had to, man. You had to. And then you notice the ones that were like, whenever that shutdown happened, and okay, uh, nobody can go inside your restaurant, but you can still do drive through and call in or, orders, yeah. or on orders, or people can get off and you know get, grab the order, but they had to leave. No more than six people, whatever it was. Um, there were some, some restaurants since they said it was going to going to take two weeks. You know, some restaurants said we'll close we'll close for those two weeks. And I'm like, yo, get your online ordering app, get your phone system, get your online, you know, get, you know, start building these, these uh, procedures in place. So when you do open and we don't go back to, to uh, full capacity, uh, you won't be hurting. Like, no, nah, well, I'll take it as a vacation. All right, man. And then two weeks came and, and, and gone, you know. And a lot of them were gone. A, yeah. a lot of restaurants were closed and or they were struggling. They were really, really struggling to keep up. And then uh, this was a huge importance for social media. So uh, I don't know, I don't know why, but here, if you look at some of like your um, favorite restaurants or older restaurants that have been here a while, they don't got a huge presence on Facebook or social media or Instagram, and they hardly ever post. And when they do post, um, it's kind of like a flyer or just a picture of the menu. And so, a it, picture of the menu. yeah, a picture yeah. of the menu, or they'll post up a special with no explanation, or they'll post up a plate with no explanation or anything else like that. And you're like, yo, you go, you're going at it all wrong. That that's you're still advertising it like you would in a newspaper or, you know, the, the thrift or nickel or something like that. Like uh, digital media advertising is totally different, you know, oh, totally. the new age, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And so they were behind the eight ball there. They're like, no, nah, well, uh, I talked to one and they're like, no, nah, well, we put specials. I'm like, okay, well, where'd you put the specials at on oh, the chalkboard in front when you walk in? And I'm like, but no, nobody's walking in, you know, cause I'm like, you'll run specials, do delivery specials, do family meals. I, I try to give advice to whoever, whoever you know would take Ask it. You, yeah. yeah, whoever asked me, and that's one of the biggest things as as a, a restaurateur or as a food truck, we've always been willing to help out uh, those that want to either get started in the food truck or restaurant business or anything else or ask for advice. Uh, just because, again, whenever I was starting to, there wasn't that. Who could you ask? Be the voice. Yeah, that yeah. I told you earlier. Yeah. yeah. So there wasn't. Who, who are you going to ask? What restaurateur do you know or, or chef that you know that will give you advice? So I've always been one to to be open and, you know, ask, uh, give people advice. And so they'd be like, I posted the special. It's not working. I'm like, well, where'd you post it? You know, on the chalkboard inside the restaurant. Like nobody can go inside your restaurant. Mm-hmm. No, or I post it on my Facebook and you look at the Facebook and they had like 300 followers and you're like, well, you're advertising the same 300 people. You know, you got to get out there. You got to grow your Facebook, your Instagram, or whatever it is. Some people aren't willing to, to do all that. That's, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, th- there, there's restaurants that have blossomed. Uh, uh, mom and pop shops with not even a logo out front of their door, you know, or just a really small logo. Some of them are in the south side. Name. Yeah, yeah. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They don't yeah. take cash. The card payments. Yeah, bro. there's some places don't take cash. It's card, and then they they have no online ordering. No, you can't call in orders. You can't do any, and they blossom. They're, they're yeah, big, but yeah. the at, at the same. The, the flip imagine side if they did yeah, do that. The flip side of that coin is imagine if they did, and imagine how many restaurants try to do that same model and fail. They fail. You know, it worked for them. So sometimes what might work for them won't work for you, you know? So, and there's no, there's nostalgia in those places. I, I feel more or less it's nostalgia that you go back to and you're like, man, this is exactly how it was like 10 years ago, five years ago, where I grew up eating this as a kid. Most of the side restaurants, if you look at it, it's been the same ones that has, has been there for years. Yeah, yeah. Some try to open up and then they close and some try to come up and close, but 
mostly the ones that have been successful because been there for years. Well, dude, to be honest, that location that you're at, there mm-hmm. was like two or three different yeah. restaurants that hit yeah. that spot. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we we saw a lot of criticism whenever we first announced that we we're open. And what's crazy is we signed the lease and we you know we're like, okay, cool, we're, we're gonna do it. I actually got the news that we were gonna get that that building uh, when we were in San Antonio. We we're in San Antonio. We just left a food competition, a cooking competition over there, and we we're driving to Austin and. Me and my wife were, were sitting in the, in the freeway with a food truck. We're pulling the food truck. And if you drove from Austin to San Antonio, or from San Antonio through Austin, that traffic is crazy. Oh, it's bad. It's, it's horrible. Dude. Yeah, it's horrible. So we're just sitting there, and then we started talking about the restaurant. And if it was going to happen, and not, if it's not going to happen, I told her, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And I get that call. I'm like, hey, man, it's yours. You know? So I was like, awesome. And I couldn't wait, dude. I was like, you know what? We don't have to go to Austin. We can go straight to to Odessa, man. <laughs> Did y'all drive back? Or uh, that that very night, yeah, we drove back, man. I I couldn't wait. I couldn't oh, wait. Yeah. And then uh, before we even fixed anything, before we even like painted the walls or anything, we went out there and put on a marquee CSB coming soon, you know. And I so remember, I remember that. Yeah, and so that. some people didn't. I, I, I told them I didn't even want to put curbside bistro. I put put CSB because I wanted that kind of mystery. Surprise, and like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. people. And some people are like it's a bank, you know, a bank. Community yeah, bank, yeah, yeah, it's a community bank. It yeah. open up and and then uh, some people when we post on Facebook, oh man, that place is haunted. That place is is haunted or cursed. I, I heard I, that too. I, I read I've read all the comments. I read your comments, guys. I, I read I read all your comments, all your reviews, and all that stuff. I stay up at, late at night and I read all that stuff. Um, so it was cursed. It, it's not gonna work. Blah blah blah. It was, and then what made it even worse is beforehand it was two other hamburger places. So it was two other uh, hamburger. Yeah, restaurants. yeah, it was. It was Huff's and another uh, one cherry pies or, or yeah, yeah, um, burgers and burger cherry fries, pies, burger and cherry... fries and cherry pies or something like yeah, that. Bro, yeah, I yeah, forgot about yeah. That. It was that one too. So and none of them made it over a year, and and so you're like, I mean, I guess from looking. Uh, from the outside in, yeah, you could see it was doomed, you know. But I you said, withstood the test of time. Yeah, bro. man, we we've been going at it, and we don't plan on stopping anytime soon. And we, we've been super blessed. And I, I don't believe in that stuff, man. I don't, superstition. You know, yeah. Well, some of the superstition, but I don't believe in uh, that. You're you're already doomed for failure before it starts and everything. So mm-hmm. I was like, dude, if it fails, it's not going to be because of a lack of trying. If it fails, it's not going to be for lack of good food or for what whatever it is, you know, it's something something outside of my control has I to, think you only fell when you quit. Yeah, man. And and it was different. And so whenever I talked to to the owner and then about the other restaurants, it's the managers were never there or the owners were never there. And that was one of the biggest difference that I saw I'm like, no, I'm I'm gonna be there. I'm like the the chef, the the, the restaurant owner, my wife, the co owner, we're gonna be there, you know. And, and I was there, dude, for for the first year, I was there every single day, man, from open to close and just put in that work. I remember I would fanboy, dude, when I would go in there. Yeah. I'd be fanboying. Oh wow. shit, that's on a hundred, bro. <laughs> that's a chef, bro. I'd Thank be you. like with whoever I was with. Hey, that's the owner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we we get that sometimes, man. And, and uh, I, I get that a lot right now. People still don't some. Sometimes they think, oh, he don't cook. He he really don't. He really don't be back. Do you cooking. still like for real cook for real for real? Yeah, man. I mean, like I, I still got birds and stuff like that, and I I, I still cook, man. I, I try to cook as much as I can. Now not as much because of, of my little girl. So I try to balance that whole work work and family. work family life and everything else, and trying not to have my wife leave me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so there, there, there's say that again. Yeah, yeah, man. So there, there, I I try to balance it out. But before my little girl was was, was born. It was all work, and it was all uh, open and close, open and close, open and close. You can go to a restaurant anytime and catch me there, 
and then uh, taking inventory or coming up with new recipes or, or just um, coming up with new ideas and everything else like that, man. But now it's so I, tr I try to balance it out with my little girl because I don't want her just hearing stories about me or, you know, like, yeah, yeah, you know, for sure. Like, you want to be a part of her life. Yeah, 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 yeah man. And your businesswoman, it's leading you to be able to do that. It's self-sustaining yeah. in a way, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I have an amazing crew. We have an amazing team. Uh, most of them have been there with us for years. So it's not to say like, oh, man, if I miss a day, the food's going to, you know, drop be off bad. in quality. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I try to make it. And right now in social media and everything, so every plate has to look exactly like. Even I don't, I don't want people to know when I'm there, like, Hey, that this, this food looks different. It tastes different when he's here. I want it to look exactly like, honestly, it tastes it, the same. Yeah. And then, um, the pictures, I don't like one of my biggest things was Quality, you, you yeah. go to McDonald's and you see the big old picture and whatever, and you get it and it's oh, all splashed, you know, yeah. I'm like, yo, if we post it on Facebook, it better look like that. You know, if, if all my plates better look exactly, if a customer takes a picture of it, it better look like what we posted, you know, or better. Uh, so consistency, even the way they put the sauces on the fries, everything else, man, we, we got it down to the science. So I, I don't want anybody to think like, oh, if he's there, the food is better. It, it's it's just as good as every single time, man. And, that, and that's all thanks to my crew, my team, and they have a passion for what they do as well, you know? Um, <clears throat> I was going to backtrack a little bit and, and say, what's one of the hardest lessons that, that you went through in, in the beginning or even right now? Like, what's one of the stories that sticks with you still that you overcame obviously that overcame man there's been so much there's been there's been so many things there's there's been um like let me see uh with the shortage uh, like i'll just talk about like the shortages and stuff uh so we pride ourselves on our french fries all oh, the french food fries. shortage yeah the food shortages okay. and everything else with our french fries and so we have a contract with our, with our potatoes for a year and everything else like that. And we use a very specific potato. We use mm -hmm. a very specific size, like that. And it's an Idaho potato. And so we're very, very like, um, and we went, we tested a whole bunch of potatoes before we landed on that one, you know? Mm -hmm. And so going from that to one day, uh, my vendor calling me and say, Hey, I don't think we'll be able to supply you for what you're using every week where I had to sub it out and use this one, that one, or, there was a point in time where we were thinking, man, are we going to have to switch to frozen? I'm like, I don't want to switch to frozen. I really don't. And we test them and it was just huge failure. And mm. it was just like, no, it's not, it's not going to work. You know, it's not us. Like maybe it'll work. Maybe it'll be cheaper. Maybe my bottom dollar, but at the end of the day, it's not us. It's the not, quality. yeah, the quality and it's not what I, I, I represent. I can call mm. myself chef and I'm using frozen French fries, you know? And so it went to us just like, knocking on doors and talking to all my vendors and no you got to give me a price you got to find me potatoes and thank god we were able to find a vendor that was able to provide us with those potatoes with the guarantee for x amount of long time that we have mm -hmm. so and, and th that just with everything man it, it's, it's just been crazy there's there's been situations uh when we well whenever we we're doing the food truck uh like i said we were one of the first ones so, um so there wasn't rules and regulations Right. For food trucks. Right. We're, they were going off restaurants. And mm -hmm. so this is what the restaurant needs. This is what you need. You're talking about inspectors. Yeah. Well, inspectors and permits. Gotcha. Because there was no food truck permit. Right. There, there was none whatsoever. You just went and got your health department permit. And then you went and got your uh, business permit. So now there's one for food trucks? Now, now there's one for food trucks. And uh, we actually helped them. Uh, 
I'll write it and told him, you know, hey, this is this is fair, this is unfair, or this doesn't really pertain to us. And so there were certain things that oh, when they man. first wrote it, they wrote it without no food trucks opinion. Right. Oh, and so man. it was crazy strict. It was the moving to 24 hour. It was just all these things that were in there. And you're like, what? This closes my business down and puts me in jeopardy. And then at that point in time, we we're thinking, all right, we're either going to have to close the food truck and try to find a restaurant as fast as possible, or we're going to have to move to, to, to Midland. Outside city limits. Too. Uh, we we're actually thinking about moving to Midland or Austin or Dallas area. So there was a Dang. point in time. Yeah. There was a point in time where we're like, Hey, I, I think we're going to move and, me and my wife had that, you know, a serious conversation of, hey, we might have to. So y'all were in it, dude, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, that that's our livelihood. That 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 is our livelihood. The, the food truck was our livelihood. The restaurant is our livelihood, and not just for me, but for our family, friends, and our team. You know, I, I, we had people that um, depended on us. You know, when you, you when you work at a certain place, mm-hmm. you're not thinking, hey, well, the city's going to shut them down. I'm going to go look for a job next week or something like well, that. You know? on- yeah, yeah. So they're depending on me. And that's been the hardest thing is um, every decision that we make or, you know, I'm going to try this new slider dish or I'm going to try this food competition. Or I'm going to try this. It all comes back down to us, me and my wife and then me as in like, I have these people's lives on my back and on my shoulders, like, cause they depend on me. Right. At the end, when Friday comes around and paychecks and everything else like that, I can't be like, Hey, you know what? That burger that I made last week, <laughs> it really didn't sell. Yeah. You know? Take yeah. these sliders. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, uh, the food that I created doesn't, nobody really likes it, you know? So it, it, it all comes back to you know, a lot of pressure and stress and, and a, a lot of responsibility on your shoulders. So that's been a huge, huge thing. Every little thing you, you, you decide to make or, or decide to, the change on your menu or your food or whatever, it has repercussions. Either people are going to love it, people are going to hate it, and it all has a trickling down effect. Bro, low-key, between you and me, and I can cut this part out. Nah, you're good, man. What if what if you became kind of like a Gary V of the food trucks, bro? You know, we talked a little yeah. bit about it, but what if you started like a business course on man, you're successful, dude? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we've talked about it. My, my brother, man, if you meet my brother – uh, he he's the one that's always on my ass about, dude. You should do this. That's why I started a TikTok, man, because of my brother. What's your TikTok? Uh, Plug it in, I, man. I don't even know it. You know, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm man. so yeah, man. I'm. I tell my brother, you know what, I, uh, Chef Alejandro CSB. Um, if you talk to my brother, he was the one. He was one of the major forces that pushed me into going to culinary school. Because uh, he goes, man, you just BS and go to culinary school. Little brother or older? Brother? Older brother. Oh, okay. Older brother, man. But he looks younger than me. He, he's had an easier life. He's had less stress and. You know, I mean, he don't drink as much as I do. So, um, no, but shout out to him, man, oh, Esteban. And um, he was always one of the ones that's like, hey, man, you should do this. Or why aren't you doing this? And then same thing with Facebook and Instagram and social. Or, man, post up your recipes. And then what's funny is I'll be cooking at the house for us or our family and everything. He'll record you. And he'll record. He's like, man, dude, you should be recording this. I'm like, dude, I'm fucking cooking it. I'm like, I can't, man. I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm more focused on getting the dish out or making sure the flavor and everything else like that. And my brother's over here recording it and putting it on his Snap or Instagram or Facebook or whatever. And he's getting all these loves like, man, dude, I'm jealous. I, uh, tell your brother to cook for me or whatever. And I'm over, he's over here recording it and doing what I should be doing. But I'm more focused on working, you know. So, And, and again, it goes back to juggling all like the work, life and everything else. So 
the restaurant takes a big part of my time and yeah. the rest of the time I devote to family. family. And then the rest of the time I devoted to coming up with all these other dishes and then all these other ideas. And then also giving back to the community. Then, bro. Yeah. Oh giving God, back to the community, dang. man. So sometimes I'm running around here looking like I have a twin, man. So and what's funny is people will see me, they'll either see me at the restaurant and then they'll see me like at an event and it's either the same day or same week. And then you might catch me like at your cookout or kicking it with your deal and drinking beers and cooking out, you know? And they're like, dude, what the, how do you find? And then you'll see, I'll post up a recipe on, on, on my Facebook or TikTok or something. They're like, dude, where, where the hell are you? How, how the hell are you doing all this stuff? And it, man, it's just a lot of hard work. I really don't sleep. I, I, I sleep really, really late. And I just try to get everything out as much as possible, man. Dang, dude, that's so, inspirational. And then, yeah, and then with the food trucks, we're helping out food trucks and everything else. Um, I wanted to do a course, so I, I wanted to do a course and kind of mentor some people and train them because some of the things where we messed up and we kind of had to pay for out of ourselves out of pocket. It was one of those things where you kind of pay to, to learn, you know, through experience is I wouldn't want them to kind of go through it. So, so yeah, that, that has been on my mind. It has been on, on the back burner. That's one thing my brother has told me because, man, you got, you got to start, you know, posting stuff up like this and that and I'm just like, dude, I'm trying to find time, man. I'm trying to find time. Uh, it's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot, but it just, it's really, man. My, my biggest thing is to go after what you want. You That's know? what I was going to tell you. What advice would you give to anyone that wants to, like right now, right now, Yeah. anyone that wants to start a food truck or wants to start a business, what advice would you give? Uh, main thing is find out exactly what you want. Because some, sometimes we fall in love with this notion of the idea of opening up a food truck. Or opening up a restaurant or right. anything else like that. Uh, one of my biggest advices advice is if you wanted to get into the restaurant industry in whatever caliber you can think of is either go work, uh, be a baker, or um, make your own desserts or coffee shops, or I want to open up a, a, a coffee shop or pastries or whatever, whatever uh, aspect. Or I want to do caterings or anything. Get into that world. I always ask them, okay, what do you do right now? And they're like, oh, I work so and so, oh, field, I work HB, I work, you know, wherever they work. And that's not knocking any place, any job or whatever. But in in my mind, I'm like, okay, if you if your dream or your passion is getting into opening up a coffee shop, let's say coffee shop or bakery, you should be working at a coffee shop. You should be working at a bakery, and letting them pay you for your knowledge and for your mistakes because you're gonna mess up. You know, uh, again, we go back to whenever I first started cooking, man, I would over, overcook things, undercook things, mess things up. I, I would do all these things. And but there I was working for it. So I didn't have to pay for that product that we lost. I didn't have to pay for uh, any mess up that I made. And I was getting these skills and I was getting this knowledge. So whatever aspect you want to get into in cooking, go work in that same field. Uh, go work at a restaurant because most I would say 80 percent of, of uh, being a chef or being a cook is prepping and cleaning, prepping and cleaning, uh, sanitizing, getting everything ready for the orders. Uh, 10% of it is actually cooking, you know, actually producing the food, actually um, yeah, producing the dish. The rest of it is preparing it, knowing how to prepare it, knowing how to store it, knowing how to break down mm -hmm. certain things, how to clean. You you're going to have to mop. You're going to have hell? to clean. You're going to have to, yeah, health-wise, you're going to have to clean deep fryers. You're going to have to wash dishes sometimes. You're going to have mm -hmm. to do all the nasty stuff that nobody, you have to throw trash away. You have to do all these things, you know? And that was one of the craziest things I saw whenever I was at the uh, country club. I'm like, hey, well, the dishwasher didn't show up or we had to do, I don't wash dishes. I'm a chef. 
Uh, no, I, I didn't go to school to wash dishes. I, I went to culinary school to do this, this, and that. I like, man, well, this is what the job pertains. I said, you're going to have to do it. If somebody's not here, you're going to have to do it. Uh, the pastry chef wasn't there. Hey, guess guess who's on pastry? If the line cook didn't show up or line cook showed up hungover or drunk or you had to send them home or whatever, hey, guess who's you know working the fry station or the grill station? Learn all these stations. Um, the, the restaurant... Uh, depending on their menu, has different stations for you to work, like the hotline, the cold line, the grill line. So there's one guy just grilling everything oh, that comes sir. off a grill, gotcha. you know, all the steaks and everything. There's one guy that does all the sides. There's one guy mm. that does all the salads, pastry, um, uh, meat fabrication or whatever. So you want to be able to have great knowledge in every little aspect of it. So you can kind of get the feeling of, okay, well, I can work grill. I can work fry station. I can work saute. So whenever you want to take that step into opening up your own restaurant or your own grill, you can already, or your own food truck, you already know all aspects of the business, you know? Mm-hmm. And some of the guys that work at restaurants, I ask them, okay, do you do the food order? Do you do the food costs? No, no, I, I don't do that. Well, why not? Ask the manager, hey, on my time off, do you think you could show me how to order food? Uh, how, do you, how do you take inventory? How do you know how much staff to have? Um, how do you do menu cost? Because at the end of the day, how much do you charge for food? Uh, you're going to sell it for less than what you paid for it. And so there's all these aspects in, in uh, involved starting. in running a restaurant and starting that people don't really take you know, into consideration. Yeah, yeah. They think, oh, man, it's super easy. It looks like fun. And I've heard I'm a lot make... of people do, I'm going to start a food truck. And then not a lot of them do it or yeah. they don't they don't finish. You know yeah. what I mean? And then I'm cheap, man. I'm, 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 very, I'm very cheap. I'm very frugal. I'm into doing as much things as I can for free before I start paying for them. So whenever people tell me, hey, I want to open up a food truck, I'm like, okay, when are you thinking? Oh, you know, within the year. Okay, what's it called? I don't know yet. Okay, what are your colors? Uh, I, I don't I don't know. What are you going to sell? Man, you know, I've been thinking about, you know, uh, selling, maybe selling this or that, or they'll tell me something wild. I'm like, okay. Caviar. Yeah, sure. caviar. Yeah, yeah, something, something crazy, a pate or tenderloin. Okay, where are you going to get it from? Uh, I don't know. Well, how much does it cost? Does you have your menu? I said, dude, all and all this stuff that I'm telling you, like you have your logo, are you gonna have a saying? Are you having colors? Are you gonna have your menu? How's your menu design? Does it have a different font? Is it broken down in different sections? Does it have color? Does it have uh, you know cartoons or whatever it is? All this stuff that I'm telling you that to, for them to have is free. You can sit down and write your menu out late at night or whenever your free time. Turn off the Netflix or whatever. Write down your menu. Write down the prices. Go to HEB or Sam's or whatever and see how much stuff costs. Okay, it's going to be eight ounces of this, six ounces of that, two ounces of this. It, wh- wh- what are you going to serve it in? Styrofoam, paper plates, uh, cardboard. Lot, yeah, it's it's a lot. But all this stuff. Write down a list. Um, what's your menu? I mean, or what what's your logo? Start working on your logo, man. You can draw. You you can you know you can sketch it out. And if you can't sketch it out, you can you can have a, you know somebody that's a graphic artist and then come up with the basic rough sketch and give it to somebody. What's your colors? Well, I don't even know. What do you mean? Well, the the food truck's gonna be painted some color, you know, or your logo is gonna have some color. Start designing it, and all that stuff is free before you get it, you know, professionally made or anything mm-hmm. else like that. So come up with as much free stuff as you can because sometimes halfway through you're like, man, you know what? This is a lot of work. Or this is going to take more money than I, than I thought it was. And so you rather get into that while you're doing it free than you've already re- invested fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollars. Makes sense. And you get into it. Okay, okay, are you going to have a food truck or food trailer? 
That's a uh, lot, dude. I, I, I don't know. I was thinking about a food truck. Okay, insurance. You know you have to have two insurances, one business insurance, one vehicle insurance. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Well, what about a trailer? Okay, what are you going to pull it with? Do you have a truck? No, I got a car. Well, what kind of, are you going to buy a brand new truck? Or are you going to, you know, buy a used truck just to haul it? Man, you know, I didn't even think about that stuff. So yeah, it, it, it's, it's a lot. True. You know, it's true. It, it's, and most people will think you're being negative, but and no, you're I, just giving them ahead of the curve. And that's business, too. Because all that stuff that I'm telling you is what I went through. Mm-hmm. And I had to pay for all that stuff. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm trying to give them free game. That way, when they get to that point of, okay, we're going to open up. We're here. Oh, shoot, my menu. I didn't even think about it. How are we gonna are we gonna do a vinyl menu? Am I gonna paint it on? No, look, hey, our menu's this. And then this person said they'll charge me this much, X amount of dollars to do a big old, you know, three by four uh vinyl. And I know who I don't know exactly who to go for to, to pay for it. Or my insurance. Hey, I caught around insurance. This is how much food truck insurance costs or vehicle insurance. And every you every it's 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 like coming up with a business plan. It's exactly coming up with a business plan, but for your food truck or anything else like that. And you can do it. You can do it. I've had, I know some people that did it without it, you know, right, right. That, that did it without it. <clears throat> but it's just, it's just saving you a little bit more uh, of a headache. And it's also finding out if this is truly what you want to do or if it's just a phase or you kind of just in love or with the, with the idea of idea. doing a business. Yeah. So um, I know you have merch. Is your merch only available in store or? Yeah, um, that, that's another thing with the merch. So we kind of got behind the ball on the merch because I was like, I was so focused on the food or so that's focused on That's not a bad thing, yeah. bro. And, and, and it's like, yo, uh, we have our, I don't know if you've seen our shirt display. But yeah, it's, we, it's a it's a freezer. freezer. Yeah. yeah, man. So we had that, that freezer. I'm, I'm very like. Um, Frugal, bro. Frugal. And like sentimental, sentimental. Oh, and my know. wife calls me like a pack rat or a hoarder and stuff like hoarder, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that fridge, that fridge was actually at our food truck. So we used to, you know, pack all our stuff. And then I told my wife, man, that that you know that means yeah, sentimental yeah. value. I said I bought that fridge used for like four hundred bucks, and I had to go get it from Midland. And uh, we brought it in, we cleaned it up, and I had to charge it with a, a Freon or whatever. Freon, yeah. And it, but it worked like crazy. And so I had like a, a $2,000 fridge for like 300 bucks or 400 bucks after a Freon and stuff. And I'm like, yo, we made it out of that fridge. I, I said, out of that fridge, we made it here, you know? And I'm like, yeah. I feel bad for just throwing it away. And I said, you know what? I'm going to rip all the insides out. I'm going to take all the guts. And then I said, we can put our shirts in there. And it's like, keep cool. We got cool shirts. You know, you, you want to you stay fresh. You want to stay, that's why outside it says uh, uh, cool it in a polar bear's toenails. Yeah. And then my, my homeboy that does vinyl, he, he repurposes as not just a fridge, but as a closet. You know, like who got the coolest gear around? That's innovative know? as fuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, but I, that's kind of how my, my brain works and thinks. And I'll stay up at night thinking about this stuff. And then uh, also everything comes from a certain place and an idea or something that we saw. So, yeah, man. So that that's where our merch came, came from. So. So, like, the merch, can people find it online, or is it just in store? Just in store for right now. Okay. Uh, we're, we're trying to build up uh, a lot of merch. That way we can actually start selling it through store. our Facebook. You can you know, Facebook store, and you can buy mm. and stuff like that. We've had some shirts and hats and stuff that we've shipped to different people. And, you know, like, um, my husband's a big fan of your restaurant. We moved to Austin or moved to California, moved whatever. Sick. And I want to get him a shirt or a hat or anything else. So Sick. we have shipped that. We even shipped our food. When, we didn't Shout ship out, our food. Bro. Uh, I think it's Pittsburgh. I think he lives in, in, in Pittsburgh. No, Pennsylvania. So there's a couple, and we posted this on our Facebook, our story. Um, 
they 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 lived here in Odessa and then they moved away and he came down for vacations or to see some of his family members and his wife was like, yo, you have to bring me Curbside Bistro. You have to. And they lived in Pennsylvania. And so he called me, he called to the restaurant and I was like, no, there's no way the food's going to get bad. But he knew one of my really, really good close friends and my close friend was like, hey man, can you do me a favor and this, this and this? And I was like, let me think about it. I said, let me see how I can package it. Yeah. And then I said, is he driving straight over there? And it was like, a, I don't know, 18 hour drive or 20 some hour drive, whatever it was straight over there. And so I'm like, all right, look, man, I'm going to just sear all the beef. Just sear it. It's still going to be raw. Uh, the pork, I'm going to give it to him without warming it up and all this stuff. I'm going to give him all the sauces on the side. I'm going to give him packages of seasoning, packages of sauce. Uh, the fries, they were pre-cooked, but they weren't finished cooking. So he still had a, like, I'm like, you have an air fryer, they'll finish cooking there. And then we gave him a little bit of oil. We gave him everything to make curbside bistro at home. And I said, dude. Please put in ice or dry ice or something like that. I said, keep the temperature. I don't want to get you guys sick. And so he actually documented it and he put on his Facebook and everything and we shared it. And so it made it from Odessa all over Pennsylvania. And, and they I, cooked it and, and they cooked it, dude. They cooked it. And I even told them how to serve it and everything. And it looked just like our, our burgers here and our, our swine fries here. And I was just blown. It was humbling, dude. It was crazy to think about something. Because like, that's something I would, I, when, the first time we went to New York, my brother wanted pizza from there. So I, I smuggled pizza back from New York. And an airplane back to here to my brother and be like, yo, this is New York pizza, son. It's uh, that's sick. like a long, long time ago. And I was like, that's crazy. Somebody actually wants to do that with our food. It's it's humbling. It's 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 mind blowing, man. I'm like, dude, there's so many other places you could eat and that they the want to eat our place. Wanna, yeah, yeah, the yeah. fact that they want to eat our place, the fact that they went through all that trouble and then cooked it at home, it was just, I, I didn't even know what to say, man. It was, it was humbling. Would you? Do that again? Like, is there a way to order your food? Like, there is, there is, man. But it's it's kind of a, a process and packaging, and and then you have to get a whole side of like, because after that, it's it's not necessarily cooking, but it's almost assembling and packaging, mm-hmm. and so and then having those orders, and that's how Gold Belly. I don't, I don't know if you ever heard heard of Gold Belly, but like you can get like Pat's cheesecakes, or you can get all these famous uh, oh. uh, dishes from all around the country. And get them shipped straight to your door and so that's they're huge they're leaders in that stuff and because it takes a whole different network for you just to be able to ship food like that man damn i didn't know that yeah it's all in the packaging and dry ice and uh the way it's actually presented and then they give you reheating instructions they give you all this stuff man so it it does take a lot but it's one thing we, we thought about but i was like man i'd rather open up a second location for you your sliders are bomb, dude. Your toasters are bomb. Thank you, man. Thank I haven't you. tried any of the new stuff that you made, like the the specials. Okay, I haven't okay. tried. I, I stick to this. Yeah, the original, yeah. But... A lot of people do, man. We're creatures of habits. So yeah, yeah. everybody's like, oh, man, I haven't tried the Batman Jamma or the Mother Clucker. But you know, I always order the Heffy. I'm going to have Homer or, Simpson. Or the Homer Simpson. Or they always, we, we have so many sliders that i'm like you could you know venture out but now nah, everybody sticks to their OGs, what they know yeah, yeah the ogs are the first one they tried or the first one they got introduced because usually it's word of mouth somebody told them hey you have to go to this place and try this out and you have to try this dish or they picked it from there it's a fan favorite so um that's why there's like two sliders on there that were only meant to be on there for specials and when we took them Which off ones? uh the hot chick oh the, okay okay the hot chick we, we we just ran that one as a special and then the tejano borracho the, I the, remember yeah, that. Yeah, the Hanna Boracho was actually uh, meant for a, a competition for the James Beard House in New York. And we were only going to run it for two months and people had a vote on it and everything else. So 
whenever we won and the competition was over, I took it off the menu. I'm like, all right, cool, you know, it, it's done. And man, we had so and backlash. I, yeah, backlash. And I wouldn't think people would like it because it's a mushroom patty. You know, it's half. It's a uh, uh, 80 percent ground beef, another percent uh, uh mushrooms. mushrooms. Yeah, mushrooms. Yeah. So I I didn't think people would be like mushrooms and burger. And we're in West Texas, like beef is king. You know. Man, people love it. People like they're like, nah, I want the mushroom patty. So that's really, really cool to see. And again, it's things where uh, I didn't plan for it to be that, you know, that popular. And now people go for it just for that. And we got, you know, so much notoriety just off that slider. What is the one dish, like, even if it's not on the menu right now, mm-hmm. what is something that you're bomb at cooking? Man, I don't, it depends who you ask. Uh, you know Your wife's I mean? going to know for sure. My wife. Yeah, well, she she loves all the pasta dishes. She loves mm-hmm. all the the pasta. It's because I worked as a as a, a saute and a saucier for for a long time, and I love coming up with sauces, different sauces and techniques, and uh, cooking down onions and garlic. And you white make wine. all your sauces, right? Yeah, and so, but even like when whenever we make like Italian food, like the the whatever, it's a butter sauce, it's cream sauce, it's marinara sauce. We cook our own tomatoes. We we do all that Damn. stuff. And so, and then a lot of times I make my own fresh pasta or we don't have time, we'll, we'll buy pasta, but we always make our own sauces. And so my wife really loves uh, the Italian food and like the risotto and mushroom risotto and all. she likes all the fancy, fancy food I make. Uh, but for me, I think breakfast, man, I, I go hard at breakfast. Yeah, breakfast food. Like breakfast. what do you do? Like French, what? any French toast, man. Any type of French toast, any pancakes, uh, egg Benedicts, the, my breakfast sandwiches. Egg Benedicts go hard, bro. Yeah, oh man, I have I have one. We call it the Southern uh, Egg Benedicts. Instead of English muffins, we use a jalapeno jalapeno bacon Biscuit. cornbread. Oh, cornbread. So we make our own cornbread with jalapeno and bacon in it, and we put pulled pork, and then we put the actual hollandaise on it, and then uh, the hollandaise we put a little barbecue sauce and jalapenos in it. So it's it's that just sounds great. amazing. Yeah, man. man, and it's different. It's different. It like, is very different. It's very different, but it's familiar and that's the same thing with our sliders so i try to give you something different but in a familiar, familiar. way yeah, yeah, yeah you know it's a at the end of the day it's a it's a slider it's a burger you know what a burger is you know but the ingredients or like the bad mama jamma when we put bacon jam on it a lot of people are like bacon jam what is bacon jam and then uh i was like yo it's bacon cooked down with you know a bunch of onions and some sweet and it's very, very it's, it tastes like the best breakfast slider burger you can have you know and it has a fried egg in it so yeah, yeah. That's my wife's favorite slider of the bad mama. The jamma. bad mama jamma. Yeah. And so some people are so against it, and then try it, and then it's, it turns into their favorite. And it's a uber super gooey mess. Like if you bite it, the eggs gonna run out. Depending on how you get your egg, there's some people that over hard or, or oh, whatever. Okay. But uh, if you get over medium or sunny side up egg, that thing's gonna be dripping down your arm. It's so so good, man. Dang. Yeah. Well, are we ever gonna see any? different from the sliders menu or uh well we do venture off like mm-hmm. um it's crazy we were talking about this uh um me and the manager we were we kept getting calls for uh shrimp shrimp fried rice and then i was like pineapple shrimp fried rice wait what? i'm like no we, we don't serve that here i'm like no I was, and they kept calling and then my managers would be like hey yo this is like the third time this week somebody's called and asked for it Pineapple shrimp fried rice. Pineapple shrimp fried rice. And then I was like, Is that a thing? Yo, yeah, yeah. Well, well check this out. I, and then in my head, I was like, Yo, we've never done that. I was like, Why are people? I'm like, Ask them where they saw that. You know, you saw, and they're like, All right. And then like, she's like, Hey, it's on Google. I said, like, On Google. And then I looked at it, and man, I forgot I write a special. 
as a, a, oh, a butcher of pride, right? Yeah, man. Because we, we, we went to Hawaii. Uh, we, we, we travel. I'm telling you, we love to travel. You forgot, you I forgot. I forgot. Man, because I make so many. I made so many specials. I make so many dishes. I tell people I've probably forgotten more recipes than I can come up with. And I've forgotten. That's so- insane. Did, did the picture come up? Yeah. Pineapple fried, shrimp yeah. fried rice, bro. And so, man, that was huge popular. I, like when we, when we first made it, we're only open for five days out of the week. And so I ordered two cases of pineapples. I'm like, that's going to be more than enough. We went through those two cases the first day. I'm calling my vendor. I'm like, no, I need I need like 10 cases, man. I'm back there cutting the pineapples, quarter them out, chopping up the pineapple and making the sauce because it, it, it took a, a sauce on top of the shrimp and people loved it. And so I have, I think I made that the beginning of last year. We ran it as a special, maybe for like two weeks or something. And people are still calling about it, you know? And so, yeah, we, we do flex our culinary muscles. We, we do do some you know, different things as sliders. We do some dishes, we do some desserts, some French toast and stuff like that. So it, it, it's, it's crazy because curbside bistro allows me to kind of venture Your off because creativity. It, it's not uh, under, under Facebook, we put as new American food. So it, it doesn't have a specific genre or a specific mm-hmm. uh, setting or uh, let's say if it was a Mexican, Mexican restaurant, you, okay, you, you're only going to be able to cook Mexican food. Or you're only going to be able to cook Italian food or whatever it is. So we left it like a blank canvas. So when we do want to make our specials or we do want to kind of uh, venture off or we want to cook pineapple fried rice, you know, you can. we can. And it's kind of something you expect. Like, no, you know what? That's that's, that's something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something he would come up with. Or when we come up with, we made a horchata French toast. Well, we made horchata, we dipped it in the batter, Dang. we let the batter soak. And that's the first time I've ever right. heard of it. And I was like, dude, this is going to be, this is going to hit them over the head with this French toast. And people loved it. We did a banana, banana nut bread when French toast. When did you do these? Like, how often do you do specials and stuff? We, man, we haven't done them this year because okay. of COVID and everything right. else going on, man. But I'm going to start doing them back up this year. And, and it's just uh, getting my team back together and then. We had some people out and everything else short staffed, right, but yeah, we will post them up on Facebook. But uh, I think last year we ran one every single week for like six months or something like that. And it's and, and again, that's coming up where I'll stay up at night thinking, oh man, you know, it'd be awesome for for a special and this, this, and this. But again, I had to come up with it, I had to cost it, I had to grab the ingredients, and then I had to teach the crew how to how it. to assemble it. So it, it's a it's a process, yeah. but man, they're 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 willing to do it. They loved it. We did a, a fried lo- lobster mac and cheese one time. Uh, I fried think lobster I tasted time. that. That one. I got a chance to taste okay, that. Okay. That was fucking good. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. That was good. As and, uh, that that came from the concept of uh, I was uh, we're at the house and my wife she she wanted something, man. She wanted lobster. She she was telling me she wanted something to cook, and again, my wife hardly lets me cook, so don't think my wife oh, has me. You, you, you know. I thought your wife was like, honey, what are you making for dinner? No, no, she's she's totally the opposite. I don't want you to cook. I don't want you to cook. I want, let's go eat out. Let me make you food or whatever. Because she sees it as, I don't want you going from your job or work Over and then coming home. home and then working Cooking. again, yeah. you know? And then so uh, I'm like, no, but that's what I love to do. And I, I love to be get creative. So I brought lobster tails and then I made a, a mac and cheese and I fried a lobster tail. And she's like, what the hell? She's like, I've never seen a fried lobster tail. I'm like, yeah, me neither. It's so, like, it doesn't sound bad, though. It does. When you think about it, I mean, it kind of does because someone's like a fried lobster tail because you're thinking it's it's uh, high elegant, class, yeah, high class luxury. and everything else. But again, that's that's I think that's been one of my cooking styles is mixing. Breaking the. Yeah, breaking the stigma or what you think is high class or what you think 
uh, it should be like um, at a fancy restaurant and then bringing it down to comfort food or preparing it in a comfortable way mm. and still hitting over the head with like, you know, the flavors and the creativity and everything else. Like That's that, badass, right? dude. Yeah, yeah. That's badass. <laughs> so are you going to stick to your roots? Like <clears throat> the menu is always going to stay the same for the most part? Yeah, th- this this menu that we have right now, it, it's the OG menu and it has some of the new items. But I, I, there's been times where I'm like, I, I think I'm gonna take away this this slider and introduce this one, and then uh, that week will be that will be like one of our highest selling sliders, oh, or man. you know what I mean. And so there's some things that I, I cannot take away. Man. Gotta give the people yeah. what they want. Yeah, man. They'll, I'll get boycotted or I'll get yeah, you know angry, yeah. angry letters. Cancel code. Yeah, yeah. So even some of the specials when I took them away, like our wings. So it's just just to talk about taking mm-hmm. things away, our wings we only do them on Wednesday. I order a certain amount of wings fresh that and I think that makes a big difference all our all our chicken wings are fresh all our chicken and beef and everything's fresh it's not frozen so I'll order an x amount of pounds um every week and so sometimes they don't have that many fresh ones they'll be like hey I can sub it with frozen I'm like no I don't want them frozen so we'll sell out or like we'll get a crazy amount of people for lunchtime and they'll order they'll all order wings and we'll sell out and people are like how do you sell out of wings I'm like dude it's fresh it's not I can't run to the store and grab buy you know, some more and yeah. buy some more these are all fresh wings and we only sell them on Wednesdays so we'll get calls on Tuesdays on Thursdays right hey can I get wings and oh it's only on Thursday what do you on oh, Wednesdays what do you mean it's only on Wednesdays yeah it's wing Wednesday like no no I have that every single day I'm like no man, we we can't it's, it's something special to it you know same thing with our fish whenever we did fish Fridays for Lent uh, people oh, want to order it, you know, some other time of the day or whenever Lent's over, our fish stops. And again, we're ordering fresh fish and everything else. And so people will get upset. People will get mad. But I'm like, yo, it's it's part of the allure. It's part of, you know, just giving you just enough that Give you, you want. Taste to keep that coming way, back, you keep, baby. Coming, keep coming back, man. There you know, you know, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, what is, uh, is there a dish that you made that, didn't work out like your creativity the taste wasn't there yeah there's a bunch of dishes yeah yeah Uh, i posted this on facebook a while back uh, on new year's but uh we're coming up with dishes i'm always coming up with dishes i'm always and then there's some dishes that i have that sound good on paper or theory or in my head you know and i just can't pull i can't tie the flavors together and Mm -hmm. so that's one of the big things like uh like how we're talking about the bad man pajama or like the heifer or the hot chick is when you bite into it, I want you to taste all the flavors. I want them to kind of uh, uh, be cohesive. I'm just not throwing things on top of things just to right. just to be creative. Or, you know what, let's add this or that. Or, and it has nothing to do with it. And I see it a lot in the, in the chef world. They'll just add things to dishes for the color or for the presentation or whatever. And it has nothing to do with the dish. Or it doesn't add to the flavor. You know, it kind of distracts it. So... There's things that when we're coming up with them, I'm like, man, this sounds good. Maybe we should add this. Or instead of baking this, what if we fry it? Or you know what? We're trying a spicy sauce. Maybe we should try a sweet sauce. And so we'll go back and forth. Every dish, we've gone back and forth, back and forth, different versions. That, uh, some people may or may not know the Homer Simpson originally had a fried mac and cheese ball on top. So it didn't have the mac and cheese on it. It had a fried mac and cheese a ball or you know like yeah, a fritter yeah. and then we threw marinara sauce instead of barbecue sauce dang yeah yeah it, it was crazy that sounds good bro yeah it was good but 
as we start getting more and more popular, we, it was hard to keep up with the mac and cheese balls and then the oh, marinara yeah. sauce. And then some people didn't like the marinara sauce. Or they just wanted the mac and cheese balls and this, this, so, and this. So, yeah. And, and and I'm like, you know what? We can make it a little bit better. So that's when I'm like, you know what? We'll just pour the mac and cheese on top, add the bacon. And instead of marinara sauce, we'll do barbecue because it complements the beef and the bacon right. and adds a little sweetness because you got the saltiness of the cheese and everything else. And it just worked out, man. So. Do you get, can you do a custom slider? Like when you go order? Uh, there's, there is some things you can custom add, but there's like, we'll get some off the wall, random, like requests. I'm like, no, man, we, we can't do that right now. You know? And it, it's crazy. Cause some of the, the, the guys will be like, Hey, this customer, we call it the Marge Simpson. And it's one, uh, it's like oh. a, it's, it's a kind of like secret menu item. So we have the Homer Simpson. It's beef, not secret anymore. Right. Uh, it's called the Marge. First. Yeah. Yeah. It's called the Marge Simpson. So instead of a, a beef patty, they use the chicken tender. And we'll put the chicken tender, we'll put the shredded, the sliced cheese, macaroni, bacon, and barbecue sauce on top. So it's the Homer Simpson, which is the chicken tender. But and then we're like, man, what do you call it? You know, let's call it the Marge. And so you got your Homer, you got the Marge, you know, she's tall, you know, yellow. Oh, I see. Yeah. Tall, yeah. You know? So there's a whole top. Man, these these sliders are my babies. These Before we had our little girl, these sliders, the food truck, everything was our baby. And then that's why they all have unique names, you know, instead of. It all means something yeah, to you. Yeah, instead of. Um, Combo number one, or combo number two, or just you know plain Jane, whatever it is. So the OG, you know, you're the from the OG? hood, you know what an yeah. OG is, original gangster. That's our slider. That's our, our original lettuce, cheese, tomatoes, pickles. You know, uh, no onions, <laughs> no onions. Yeah. And uh, so that's our OG burger. We have the Jefe, we have the Califas, and so if, if you're from the West Texas, or so much from California, you know the Califas, the Califas, you know. And then, so that's where the avocado came from because we're using California avocados. And oh, then they had, had green chili from New Mexico. And from New Mexico, you know, you have that Mexican slang and all that stuff. So all these burgers, man, they all have their backstory and that's somewhere crazy. A lot in my of mind. attention to detail. Yeah, we, we try to, man. We try to as much as we can. You know, um, and Jefe came from adding the Jefe burger. I want to do a backyard burger. Um, and you know when you have a, like a, a carne asada or something, the jalapeno poppers are always the first ones to go. For sure. So I'm like, man, what if we put the jalapeno popper on top of the burger? And so originally we had the jalapeno popper on top of the burger, but I find when you took a bite, you either pull the jalapeno with you or the bacon or the, or the cream cheese will shoot up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, man, we gotta wait, find our way so every single bite tastes exactly the same. So that's when we came up with the cream cheese cream cheese mix. Of, of deep frying all the jalapenos, all the bacon, combining it with the cream cheese and shredding and coming up with like a little patty of that cream cheese and putting it on top of the thing. So I'm like, man, this this is a shit. You know, this is a jefe, oh, yeah. man. This is this is this is what's up. And so we named it a jefe, you know, the boss. Um, switching gears, talk to me about Food Network. How did that happen? I know you did uh, an episode at, on where? Uh, Beat Bobby Flay. Bobby Flay. So that was crazy, man. That whole experience. Um, I thought it was a scam because they reached they reached oh, out to me through Inst- me yeah they, they reached out to me through Instagram, and they, they reached out to me man and uh, I think it was like one in the morning or something like that and I got a message on Instagram and well, I was like who's messaging at one in the morning I'm like, I'm like it's a, a Food Network baby you know <laughs> <She's>, <laughs> yeah what you mean Food Network messaging yeah 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 and then um, but they wanted a lot of info from me like name social security all this stuff and i was oh, like i like no nah, and i left it alone and then maybe a couple of days later hey this is so and so from uh this production company will work with the food network we think you'd be perfect for you know this show and this this is this 
And I told my wife, man, what do we got to lose? What do we got to lose? I said, I'm just respond to him. And I said, yo, if this is serious, this is my email. Uh, email me the, the package or, you know, whatever I needed information. Yeah. information. <clears throat> and they did. And man, that whole process just to be picked to be on the show took about a year. So people don't, people don't know, man, my emails, I have like 40, 50 emails going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Okay. Uh, they want to see your credentials. They want to see recipes. They'll send you back. Hey, no, this recipe doesn't work. Uh, or why'd you do this? Or send us pictures of your, your most popular dishes. And then, okay, what what's this dish? And what's your influence on, on this dish? And why did you choose to do this and this? And why didn't you add this or that? And you're just like, man, I thought I was applying for a job. It was it was that intense. And that was that, um, just sending in my resume and doing uh, Zoom meetings. This was before Zoom was huge, you know, like, because everybody had to work on it and everything else. Oh, yeah, so yeah. we did Zoom meetings because they were all in New York. And so we had to do Zoom meetings and with cast directors and uh, photographers and uh, recipe experts. And so we had to write. And someone, I was doing someone when we were out of town. I remember we were in Austin one time and I was doing a Zoom meeting down there at the hotel lobby because the Wi-Fi was tripping, you know? So it, it was, it was great. But it, again, it goes back to, is this is something really you want to do? Then you had to put you in that, done. you yeah. had to put in that time. So all these recipes, all these emails, everything I wrote, was either right after work or coming home or having the, you know, tell my wife, Hey, I know we said, we're going to watch this movie or do this or that or go to dinner, but I, I kind of had to do this, you know? And so she was there with me doing it and writing it and all this stuff. So, and I, I hate office work, man. So it's, for real? yeah, I hate office. Work. It's, it's not for me, man. My wife does all the office work. She does. all the. Is she the one posting on Facebook? Yeah. So my wife does about 95, 98% of posts. Like the posts that you see me do is like the, the live videos or the demos or, or something like that. But for the most part, my wife does all the social media, uh, the trivia, the pictures, answers, messages, and all that stuff. So y'all do posts on Facebook occasionally where you do like a question mm -hmm. and whoever gets it right, they get like a free meal or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your wife comes up with that. Though. Yeah, my, um, my wife comes up with that. Or she'll usually ask me, what should the trivia be? I'm like, I don't know. You I'm like, that's... Y'all do that every day? Uh, every Thursdays. So trivia, trivia Thursdays. Thursdays. Yeah. So we try to have Wing Wednesdays, Trivia Thursdays, and then when it's Lent, we'll have Fish Fridays. And again, it's just being creative, uh, coming up with content. Active. Yeah, being, dude. Like our, our, I, I take pride in our community and people knowing that they can reach out to me and they can reach out to us and they have a sense of not of like, they know who we are. I'm just not a, uh, business owner. a business owner. I'm not just a chef or, or this restaurant, whatever. I want them to feel of a little bit of, you know, I'm your, I'm your friend. I, you know, you can talk to me, whatever. Uh, you can reach out. You know a little bit of story about us, about our origin and, and, and everything else. So these, these Trivia Thursdays gives us a, a chance to kind of have dialogue with our with our customers with our support so it's cool because you'll see them post up some crazy stuff man and my wife will reply back and everything else like that so, yeah, yeah, yeah. but one of them was like what was uh our little girl what what uh show does she love on netflix or something like that somebody put nauticals in it you know like she's a year and five months man of course she loves that show of uh, course she loves, yeah, you know, yeah, you know I mean? yeah the yeah. colombia one was the best one the paulos come yeah yeah I, th I think so too man but um yeah we, we do trivia thursdays and my wife does all the social media and responds. And that's honestly the best way to get contact with us, man, is we don't check our email as much as we should. But on our social media, I mean, wherever we go, it clicks on our phone. Mm -hmm. Boom, 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 boom. And then, so I can see it and she'll respond to it or, or I, I can see, 
you know, somebody shared, liked, or comment, or whatever, and that gives us a chance to have a direct line to our customers and our support system. Oh yeah. Well, <clears throat> we're down to our last couple of minutes. I don't know how much time I had with you. Hopefully, I didn't go over. No, no, nah, nah, like you're that. good. You're good, brother. Um, anything that you want to plug in? Any announcements? Any news? Uh, just dance with the stars. Uh, we're gonna be on um, the Texas bucket list coming up. Oh, for I TV saw that. Show. You yeah. posted that. Yeah, 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 man. Uh, we, we got we got several things working. We always got something cooking up. We're we, we're always in, into something, man. I, I can't sit, I can't sit still. I have a twin somewhere around there helping me out, man. I I think or at least that's how it feels like. Oh yeah, yeah, man. Just thank you to the community. Thank you to everybody that supports us, that supported our crazy dream, our little food truck, and and yeah, man. Just thank you and thanks for all the love and support. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, thank you for making the time to come on here, dude. Oh, thank you, thank you for having me. Thank you for the drink, man. It was, it was good. Least I could do, and I'm I'm ordering some swag. So in, uh, in a right. minute, I'll get a shirt size for you and your okay. wife. Schmedium. Schmedium. <laughs> yeah, there you go, and uh, no, thank you for coming on. Uh, you want to plug in like your social media, Facebook, yeah. Instagram, TikTok, yeah, all they, that. Yeah, they, they can uh, check us out, Curbside Bistro 2014 on Facebook. Uh, Chef Alejandro, Chef Alejandro 87 on Instagram. Our TikTok, Chef Alejandro at CSB. We have our Curbside Bistro Instagram. Uh, you can just type in Curbside Bistro in Google and we'll pop up. We, we have social, different social media outlets. Um, if you have any questions or whatever, message us through Facebook. Um, yeah, man. Y'all do catering, private events? We did. I, I don't do as much as we like just because I'm so focused on the restaurant right. and our staffing issues, you know? And it, I, I would hate to commit to, because when right. you commit to a catering, you're like married to that date that, you know, yeah. you're, you're going to bring what you said you were and, you know, whatever. And then so, you got to go serve it too. And then you got to go serve it. And then it takes a lot. It takes a lot of attention to detail and everything else like that. So right now we limited our catering. We did a couple for th- for Christmas to some of our, our, our customers. Uh, but I, I tried right now. I don't, I don't feel comfortable taking on that much responsibility, especially with all thing, the things we have at the restaurant, family and everything else. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, Chef, it was a pleasure, honor, man. I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, hopefully, this one comes out. I'm, I'm gonna try and release this one tomorrow. Okay. So stay awesome, tuned, awesome, and we'll man. share the link. Thank you for having me, man. Thank you for hearing me rant and tell my crazy stories. It was good. And bro. It was else, good. Oh, and everyone, stay tuned for that class on the food trucks. Chef's gonna put it together. <laughs> there you go, man. One one day, one day.